live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. That would make me terrible, Troy. I'm Treacherous Trista. We have a we have a kitty here, and we're joined by the director of the Hidden, the Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Alone in the Dark, and a lot of cool stuff. Jack Shoulder. It's very cool to have you here. Hey, nice to be here or there, welcome or wherever we are. <laughs> yeah. It's good to just good to be. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this year is the 40th anniversary of Alone in the Dark. And it's really? uh, oh, wow. Yeah, very exciting. It's your first feature film. So, you know, looking back, how important was Alone in the Dark for you? Uh, it was it was very important. Um, I mean, I, you know, my my goal was to direct uh, movies and I actually got a chance to direct a movie and I had like, you know, three kind of famous uh great actors in it you know and 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 you know some other very good actors who weren't quite as famous but you know dwight schultz was a fantastic actor and, and had a you know pr- pretty good career after that so yeah i mean i was i mean uh i actually remember um i was walking around the, the west village in in new york where i lived and i actually thought i hope i don't get hit by a car because this is just too good to be true. Um, then about sort of halfway through the movie, I was walking through and I said, I hope I get hit by a car. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> well, hopefully a now you're turning still, point there. Hopefully you're still hoping not to get hit by cars. Yeah. Well, so far I've, I've managed to avoid getting <laughs> by a car. So I understand. Yeah, I understand you didn't go to film school, which I don't think is that unusual today, but I think it was more unusual then. So how did it come about you directing a, a feature film? Uh, well, I um, I got a degree in, in English literature, which uh, actually was very valuable. You know, most, most people would, would say it's fairly useless, but um, I learned how to think and I learned how to tell a story and I read lots and lots and lots of really good literature and all of Shakespeare's plays and, and, you know, lots of other stuff. And, um, and I decided I want to make films and I made some in college, just, just on my own. I mean, there was no, no film program. Um, you know, I just basically rented equipment and we went out and shot stuff. And, and, um, this, when I graduated, it was 1968. So at that point there were, I don't know, about a half a dozen, really good revival, uh, you know, art, art houses in New York city. And basically, um, I went and saw everything that was playing. So that was my film school. I just, I watched everything and, uh, you know, it's like, if you want to be a rap artist, you know, you don't go to, uh, you know, NYU and take a degree in rapping, you know, you, you go and you listen to lots and lots of rap music and you start to do your own stuff. And eventually, if you're any good, you find your own your own way. Well, and I, and I was also working as a film editor. So, you know, which is kind of where movies come together. Um, the sort of um, um, more intellectual craft, if you will. Um, and, um, and I had the good fortune to meet Bob Shea, who had this very small film company called new line cinema. And we, we kind of hit it off and I started uh, editing trailers for them, which was another great way to learn about how to make films. You know, it basically you take a, 
you know, a two hour movie and cut it down to a three minute movie. And so, you know, that was a big, great education. And I mean, you know, if you think about, um, you know, all of the great filmmakers before, before the seventies, none of them went to film school, you know, I mean, um, you know, there's an apprentice system, but but really not not for a director. If you want to be a cameraman or an editor or something like like that, you would start as an apprentice or an assistant and you'd work your way up. But as director, you, I mean, basically, the director is the only person on a film set who doesn't need to know anything <laughs> because there's there's someone who knows how to do everything, you know, and you don't hear like a first time cameraman like. I've never shot a foot of film in my life, but I'm, I'm now going to shoot, uh, you know, the name next James Bond movie. But you hear about, you know, lots of people who are first time film directors. Some of them, you know, are make these great movies, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. Orson Welles was a first time filmmaker and he made Citizen Kane. Yeah. And I made Alone in the Dark. So, yeah. uh, although I had made a bunch of short films, so, and I had really worked on it. You know, I, I, I studied, theater i studied acting even though i had no interest in being an actor um you know so i i really tried to develop all those all those skills i have strong musical background and you know i had a literary background so i could also write did you do your own editing on your own movies no no i i mean i supervised the editing uh, obviously and you know um ultimately uh, i'm kind of editing the movie but, you know, I try to hire somebody who I really respect. And, you know, then there's somebody else with another point of view. Other, because um, having been an editor, when I'm shooting a film, I'm basically like I'm cutting the movie in my head. And so I've, I've already sort of got it figured out, you know. Uh, then what happens is you, you cut it all together and then it, it, it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work. And then you have to spend, you know, the next three or four months trying to get it to work right, which is, you know, what most people think is, is, is the editing period. As you probably know, the film's being edited while you shoot so that, you know, a few weeks after you wrap the film, the whole film is cut together per the script, you know, with the editor cutting it as best as, he or she possibly can using the best takes and everything else. And then you look at it, it doesn't work. Um, you know, uh, sometimes it just, it's a disaster. Sometimes, you know, uh, it doesn't quite work and you need to work on it. So, um, you know, having been an editor that helps, but you know, it's nice to have someone else there and also, you know, um, you know, they can do the work. So I can say, you know, they, they cut together, I come in, I look at it, change it, they go off, and then they, they have to do, do the work. And then I come back and look at it again and say, yeah, fix that. So, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. You keep them in order. But uh, so you mentioned, you know, all these veteran actors in Alone in the Dark, Jack Palance, Martin Landau, Donald Pleasant. So how, how did you get all of them, you know, for, for your first movie? Uh, well, um, uh, they, they needed work. Um, you know, I think Palance was at a, at a point in his career where he was taking pretty much whatever was offered. Um, same thing for, for Landau. I mean, you know, they had done great stuff before and they went on, uh, both of them got Academy Awards, you know, um, afterwards, um, you know, partly because of being in alone in the dark. I think that helped now. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but they're actually great, great in the movie. Oh, they are. Um, yeah. 
And uh, Donald Pleasance, you know, he was a working English actor. You know, they're basically they're they're pros. I mean, uh, you know, as 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 I said on, on on some other podcasts, you know, it's like hiring a plumber. You know, you call up the plumber. He doesn't say, um, "Can you send me a picture of your bathroom to make sure it's up to my standards?" Uh, you know, it's just like, okay, uh, here's my rate. Okay, I'm going to show up on Tuesday, and you know, I'm going to do my thing. And then you're going to pay me. And that's how it worked, you know? So, you know, uh, but he was, he was great. I mean, they were, they were all terrific and I learned a lot and it was, I mean, it was such a, a privilege to work with those guys. Is it hard to, to uh, direct a veteran actor, especially when you're younger? Well, yes and no. Um, <clears throat> the thing is that, you know, and this goes back to the, 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 the thing about first-time directors, is that the really good actors don't really need much direction, you know? It's not like you have to tell them how to act. They're, you know, they're, the reason that they're that good is because they're that good. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of know what, what to do. It's kind of like conducting an orchestra. It's not like you, you start to play the Beethoven Symphony and, and the flute doesn't come in and say, Flute player, what what happened? He said, um, how do you get an E flat on this thing? You know, I mean, that doesn't happen. You know, you're, te you're telling them how to play the music, not how to play the notes. So, you know, you basically, I mean, actually, the more I do it, the more I've done it, the less I say. Um, and, and, you know, I've taught for a while and I've, you know, I tell the students, you don't need to say that much, you know, say one good thing. Don't don't give them 10 things because nobody keep it in their head. Um, uh, you know, Palance was pretty intimidating, um, I have to say. Um, you know, he, he was a little he was a little difficult, but the end of the day, he was a pro and he was a nice guy. And he, he I learned I learned stuff from him. Landau was just a flat out nice guy. And he and I stayed friends. Um, and he, he sort of became a mentor to me in a way. And, um, um, uh, you know, Pleasance, I, uh, he worked on the second day. And I was kind of nervous because I, I idolized him. I thought he was one of the greatest actors in the world, uh, honestly. Uh, and, and um, you know, he's a great stage actor. And I was kind of in, in awe of him. And so we, we ran through the scene, uh, first scene. And my mind just went blank. And then I said, oh, that was good. Let's let's do it again. And so he he did it again. And I could kind of focus a little bit. And I said, I said could you do it a little? And he's OK. And he did. You know, it, it was like driving a Ferrari. You know, you turn the wheel a little bit and just goes around the corner. You know, you know, you don't need to tug on it. So and I said, hey, this is this is pretty good. It's actually like listening to me, you know, so. Uh, so that's that's kind of how it went. So yeah, I mean, it was it was um, you know really a phenomenal way to get started. Uh, Tristan, do you have a question? Are you a horror fan? And if so, do you have a favorite horror film? You know, I'm not really a horror fan. To, Interview's to, over. To, no. to, to, to tell you <laughs> the truth, um, I mean, I I I, I enjoy some uh, look. I enjoy good movies and, you know, there are some horror films that are, that are good movies or great movies. Um, 
I mean, um, Invasion of the Body, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but also uh, 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 the remake also uh, was also fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, um, uh, there's lots of good ones that have come out recently. Um, um, I mean, it's probably uh, uh, um, a bunch of, you know, Peel's movies are, 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 oh, yeah. are really good. Um, uh, there's, who's that, that Australian woman that, that did a horror film? Um, had a kind of a funny name. Um, there's like a thing in the, there's like a thing in the closet. Oh, a lot of really, oh, yeah, the, the, the yeah. yeah, yeah, great, great movie. Um, um, let the right one in great movie. Uh, I mean, great um, book too. yeah, a lot, a lot of really, really good movies, but, um, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, I've come in contact with a lot of fans. You know, one, one of the great things about making horror films is that the fans are fantastic. I mean, the fans really love the genre and they really come out. It really means a lot to them. And, and that's that's great. I mean, I don't know that if I made rom-coms, there would be the same kind of fandom, you know. Um, and, um, uh, you know, but probably people like, like you, you've, you've probably seen hundreds and hundreds of, you know, a lot of films that I would not particularly enjoy watching, but, but that you just enjoy the, the genre. So, like I said, I, I just enjoy good, good films. I mean, um, I would say that, uh, well, like for instance, Wes Craven, I mean, Wes really was into the genre, you know, Wes really expressed himself through the genre. And, and I, you know, I've always said that I've tried to express myself in spite of the genre. Um, and, uh, um, but in a, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I was the kind of kid who always got into trouble for, uh, you know, in school, <laughs> you know, um, I never did anything like horribly bad, but I was always like getting detentions and getting, you know, uh, you know, I was, I was basically a pain in the ass, you know? And uh, um, so I think people like that tend to, be the kind of people who make horror films, you know, probably the kind of people who like them too, you know? So, um, so it kind of fits, fits my personality that I, I have a kind of a transgressive personality. So, um, it is, it is fun because you can just, you know, you can kill a lot of people off that you don't like, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun. And, and I mean, you can do anything you want. I mean, if, again, you know, if you're doing a rom-com, uh, you're not going to like, you know, have all these weird camera angles and weird lighting and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, with, with a horror film, uh, you, you know, or a genre film, um, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, you can do anything that, that works for the story. You know, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't do any of that stuff for the sake of just doing it, but if it works for the film and, you know, then it's great. You can, you can really do anything you want. So films are often very interesting in that respect. So when you uh, sought out to you know to make movies, what what kind of movies did you foresee yourself making? I foresaw myself making um, uh, films like Jean Renoir and you know the French New Wave. I mean, I was a big Fellini fan. Um, you know, those um, I love thrillers. I always loved thrillers, and 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 actually, I probably made more thrillers than 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 horror films. Um, and, and, and I really enjoy that, that genre. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are the kind of films that I wanted to make. I mean, when, when I got a chance to do the hidden, you know, what I really 
loved about the hidden and what 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 really excited me about it was it was basically a cop movie you know and, and i was a huge fan of like all the Sidney lumet cop movies you know like serpico oh, right. dog day afternoon i mean they're you know phenomenal movies yeah. just great you know and i wanted to make movies like like that i wanted to make movies like like hitchcock um like orson wells you know so uh you know those those were my my inspirations but the, you know movies that were about something that had something to say Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of horror movies, you know, use the genre to, you know, to say something, you know, they're not just all yeah. mindless killing movies. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the good ones, absolutely. Um, I mean, The Exorcist and other, but, but yeah, the, the good ones really, really do, do say something. I mean, right, right now I'm in the process of trying to, to, to get a, a, a vampire film off the ground. And, you know, that's a genre where, you know, the vampire is, stands in for, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's about, you know, for a long time, it was like about, it was like a metaphor for AIDS, you know, uh, you know, ours is kind of, you know, deals with um, kind of religious intolerance, female empowerment it's about uh, young female vampire. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, and it's, it's about transformation, you know, because that's what happens when you're a vampire, you know? right. but, but in a, in a broader sense too, you know, uh, not just in the sense of turning into a vampire, but it, in the sense of what's permanent and what's changeable and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the uh, I, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Why well, do you think alone in the dark, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, uh, like the different levels of madness in the movie and you don't necessarily even pay attention to these people until they're like in your neighborhood. You know, there's a lot going on besides, uh, well, yeah, it was it was really I mean, it was my attempt to to make kind of an art film, uh, you know, in the guise of, of a, well, it's not a horror film. I mean, pe- people call it a slasher film, I guess. But uh, I mean, uh, it's kind of a terror film, I would say. I mean, horror, I kind of think of horror as more sort of the supernatural or, uh, well, I guess uh uh, you know, Halloween is, you know, it's not a super, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's I guess it Friday the 13th, it's a person, but, yeah. um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's all a comment about, about society, you know, like what's normal and what isn't, what's crazy and what isn't, you know, like the crazy people escape from the mental institution and they just fit right in, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's during a blackout and, you know, every, everybody's, the, the whole world's going, going crazy. I mean, <laughs> It's it's as true now as it was then, maybe even more so. I mean, you know, this world's just really fucked up right now, you know. It is, yes, it is. I mean, there's uh, crazy shit going on, so. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Erland, uh, Erland Van Lynch. I have his name right down here. Cause oh, he didn't, do, he didn't do a lot of movies. Uh, he died pretty young, but he's very memorable yeah. in everything he's, he did. Yeah, he was... Well, I mean, I had written this this character who who was uh, I mean, I don't think you could call somebody this anymore, but you know, he was called Fatty, uh, mm-hmm. and the casting director brought him in. It was like, okay, I mean, you know, he was huge. I mean, he was. I I remember shaking his hand. His hand was like the size of a baseball mitt. It was like a catcher's mitt. You know, you shook hands with him, your hand just disappeared in his hand, and he was. Um, he was, you know, enormously strong. He was an Olympic wrestler, um, and uh, he 
he uh, he told me he'd gone to the New York Ath- Athletic Club and basically, you know, did all the machines and just like <laughs> lifted everything on the machine, on on all the machines. And in addition, um, I think he'd gone to MIT or I mean, he had like a genius IQ, and he was an opera singer. I actually saw him sing Figaro in the Marriage of Figaro. I mean, he was an amazing human being. And and here he was playing this guy who was kind of simple minded, you know, which was yeah. a little bit of a stretch for him. He was he was a lovely guy. I, uh, I mean, when it's I found it, out that he, he had sings passed, opera in the Running sad. Man, he that must actually be him singing. I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had a great, amazing. Oh, well, Sam with that chest, know that. you know. Yeah. yeah, with that big chest of his, he had an amazing, amazing voice. Yeah. I saw a little interview with uh, Carol Levy said um, for the death scene when he when he kills her in the movie, um, you guys were going to have it like rig. But she was she asked to just have him lift her up by her neck. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty easy for him. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't much of a stretch. Yeah. But still, I don't know if, if everyone wants to be lifted up by their neck for a movie. Well, I mean, uh, the. The plan was, you know, she's going to stand on 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 something, you know, and bend her knees and then straighten herself out. But, you know, that was that was up to her. You know, if she turned blue, I would have gone cut. <laughs> well, that's very good of you. I'm glad you, I'm glad <laughs> <Yeah>. you had it. <laughs> uh, Trish, do you have another question? Besides maybe saying less to actors, do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers? Uh, sorry, could I, could I? I didn't quite hear the... Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides saying less to actors, do you have advice oh. for aspiring filmmakers? Uh, well, y- yes. I mean, um, look, directing a movie is very, it's, it's really complicated. I mean, it's, 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 it's really hard. But like I said, there are people around you, hopefully, who know what they're doing, even if, if you don't. Um, I mean, what you need to do is you need to understand the story. Here's, here's why first-time directors make good movies, because they understand the story. If you understand what the story, really in a deep sense, I mean, not just, you know, um, I mean, what, what, I, what I say to people is that the script it's like you're a detective and the script is the murder scene is the scene of the crime so you know if you're a detective you walk in a room and there's a dead body you say oh my god there's a murder well then you're a fucking idiot you know but what a detective's going to do is he's going to go and he's going to look you know, under the desk and he's going to lift up the rug and he's going to dust her fingerprints on the, on the ceiling and, you know, all these places that you wouldn't think to look so that every tiny little detail is understood. And that's where the clues are. So you have to understand the script and the story at that level of detail. Why is the scene in the movie? Who is the scene about? Um, what is the movie about? Not, not what's the plot, but what's the movie really about? You know, like, um, uh, uh, Citizen Kane. Um, it's uh, loss of innocence. Okay, that's what happens to every character in in the movie. That's the theme of the movie. In my in my opinion, you know, maybe maybe not. Um, but um, 
But you have to see the big picture and then you have to see all the details so that you know what's important to bring out. I mean, you know, where do you put the camera? Well, you can put the camera anywhere. You know, it's like a, an infinite number of places, but there's a, a right place to put it depending on, on you know, what, what's the story I want to tell? How close do I want to be to you? Is this a big moment? Do I want to be really close on your face? Do I want to see both of your eyes or do I just need to see one of your eyes and get, get further back? Do I want to stand all the way back in a big emotional moment and just sort of like distance myself? Maybe that's the right move. So well, th these are the things you need to understand it in, in great detail. I mean, I've, I have friends who are directors and, and, um, when I lived in LA, I used to go to the director's guild. We used to have a, like a monthly brunch and, and we would all sort of talk about stuff and lots of people, lots of directors work completely differently from other directors. Some directors meticulously planned everything out. Other directors, that was like the kiss of death. They didn't want to plan anything out. They just wanted spontaneity. But the one thing that every, you know, some people wanted to rehearse for weeks. Other people felt that rehearsing was, was, was bad. And they just wanted to basically, you know, uh, do it right, right in front of the camera. So there were all these different things. But the one thing that everybody had in common was they all studied the script. If you walk on a film set and you don't know anything, you probably think the first assistant director is the director because he's the guy who's walking around shouting, you know, bossing everybody around. The director's probably sitting in a chair with, with his or her face buried in the script. So that's, that's the thing. You've got to know the story. If you know the story and you really, really know it, the answers come. So that's, that's it. You know, as far as, you know, working with actors, I, I can't tell you in, in, in one minute, you know, what's the best thing to do. I mean, a lot of it is, um, I used to think that, um, that everybody was better at directing actors than I was. And that there was some kind of like magic word or magic thing that you would do that would get a great performance. And, you know, what, what I came to understand is like, every actor is different. There is no magic word. It's just, you know, one person, you know, needs a kick in the ass. Somebody else needs some encouragement. Somebody else needs to talk about it. Somebody else doesn't want to talk about it. And it's just experience, you know, so you just, you just got to do it. But, you know, if you really, really understand the script and you really understand, because what you're doing is you're telling the story. You know, and there are people who are really good storytellers and there are people who aren't, you know, I mean, they probably know people who who can't tell a joke, you know, and there are other people who are really great at telling a joke, you know, uh, and, the, you know, you got to be able to tell the story. That's what the job is. And you got to be able to tell the story using cinema. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the vampire uh script that you're working on and that you like the, um, the Jordan Peele movies like get out. Uh, do yeah. you think, do you think it's more accessible now for people to, um, for a horror movie to be about something else to have social commentary? Well, um, I think it was always, always like that. But I mean, um, you know, if you go back to the earliest days, I mean, you go back to, you know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein or Dracula or anything. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you, you you really hit the nail on the head when you said, be, because it's so ripe for, for metaphor, you know, um, you know, it's it, it, because it's dealing with, with our fears, you know, I mean, what's more personal, what's more human than 
you know, fear, you know, what happens in your, I mean, uh, you know, part of the reason that, that, that Elm Street was so, so successful, you know, everybody has bad dreams, you know, and, and they're, you know, uh, so everybody can, can, can kind of relate to this stuff. Everybody, you know, I think everybody has, has fears. I've worked with some stunt people who I, you know, I wonder whether, whether they do or not, but I certainly have lots of them, you know, um, you know, I've tried to, to use that. Uh, you mentioned uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too, and um, I know you've talked a lot about the last few years. And uh, we're friends with Mark Patton. Um, oh, okay. You know, yeah. What, what do you think of the last few years when it's really, it's really uh, people talk about the movie a lot more about you know what what it really meant? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can you can say it. It's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, um, well, look, um, it never occurred to us the. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a, a gay element to the film, yeah. you know, because it's sort of dealing with. Uh, uh, I mean, the way I saw it was, uh, you know, it was teen sexual anxiety. So, uh, I uh, you know, if you're a teenager, you know, you don't want to be seen as a sissy. Uh, you know, people would would call you uh, the f word if they wanted to put you down. You know, they would question your 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 manhood. I mean, you know, and uh, um, and uh, so there's a lot of anxiety around that. And, and so in a way, you know, Freddie is kind of like a, a, a manifestation for, for Jesse about that. But I mean, um, you know, and obviously there are scenes that, 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 that use that whole thing. And, you know, I was living in the West village in, uh, you know, in between Stonewall when, you know, the whole, the whole, you know, gay liberation thing, you know, when everybody started coming out of the closet, uh, which is what sort of made, got gay people accepted. I mean, uh, you know, when they were like these weird people that you never saw that you thought were going to, you know, like rape your children or whatever was one thing. But when it turns out your uncle, your brother, your cousin, your friend at work, that they're all gay, you know, you can't start to just hate them as a, as a category. You have to just say, uh, okay, I mean, Dick Cheney's fucking daughter is gay, you know, he's got to say, okay, I can accept. So, um, so a lot of things have, have, have changed. Um, I mean, none of us, none of us thought about that. In fact, when the movie came out, um, there was one review in the village voice, you know, which is the alternate paper in, in New York that said, this is the gayest horror movie ever made or something along those lines. And we all thought that it was funny. Uh, now, apparently, you know, Ma- Mark um, Patton, who was playing mm-hmm. uh, Jesse in the movie, for you, if anybody doesn't, doesn't know that. Uh, I mean, when he took the part, I mean, he was a closeted gay man, you know, right. who was told by his agent, don't let anybody know you're gay. It'll wreck your, it'll wreck your career. And he didn't, he didn't pick it up. You know, people, you know, in the makeup people or the art department people said, do you realize what this movie's about? You know, uh, and, and, and none of us really, really thought about it. I mean, it never occurred to me that he was gay. The girls at New Line all, all thought he was really cute. You know, I mean, the, the, the last one, they had Johnny Depp. I mean, Johnny Depp's another pretty boy, you know, and, and, and Mark was a pretty boy, you know, and he had a kind of a, a vulnerability. And, and, and I think... I mean, there was no question for, for me when I cast him that he was the right guy for the role because he, he had this kind of vulnerability. And maybe that was 
that kind of feminine side of, to him. And, and I mean, when I, I hadn't seen the movie for a long time and, and it, I guess it was after I had seen Mark again. I mean, basically I made the movie. We were never particularly close. I mean, we had a good working relationship, but the, we didn't have any, any sort of personal relationship. We didn't hang out or anything like, like that. And then, you know, he, he sort of went off the grid and then mm -hmm. I, I met him at I, I guess it was the 30th, 30th, 35th reunion or something. It was a and, frightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Texas frightmare. Yeah. And, and, uh, or actually I think it was in, I think it might've been in Fort Lauderdale. I think it was like, okay. the, I met you guys in frightmare, but, uh, oh, but uh, there might, that might've been, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, so then I, uh, you know, I heard it all from, from Mark's side, which I had never, you know, I mean, we'd never talked about it and, and you know, there was a, a lot going on for him. And, uh, and, and then I was in, in uh, Denver, they had a screening of it. So they invited me out and, and, and I watched the movie. And um, I think the fact, uh, I think you can tell that Mark is gay. Um, like, I mean, when his, his agent saw it, he said, that's it. You know, the cat's out of the bag. But I think, uh, you know, if we cast Brad Pitt, you know, somebody who is un un unquestionably masculine in that role, I'm, I'm not sure that it would have been read that way. But I'm I'm very glad about that. I mean, um, I, I, uh, I, I think um, there are a lot of people, you know, who who maybe felt left out that 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 feel that this is their their film. And, yeah, and I've talked to a lot of a lot of people with. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I can't take credit for it. You know, that wasn't my intention, but, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm really happy. I mean, I was at a, a film festival in, in, in Sweden, uh, you know, where, where they screened it. And uh, um, uh, the, the theme of the night, uh, you know, I was on a panel called like monsters are gay or something like that like 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 that and you know it was it was great so i'm um, i uh you know uh, like i said it was never my intention it was never any of our intentions but i think it's a you know a, a, a really great unintended consequence i mean yeah. I, I i actually had a guy come and tell me that that uh i, I was at a convention and, and this guy came up and said that movie saved my life. And I said, I said, really, what do you mean? He said, well, I had cancer and I was, I was going through chemo and it was horrible. And, you know, I thought I was going to die. And the only thing is, you know, I, I loved Elm street too. And I, I, I just would, would watch it, you know, all the time. And it sort of kept me going. And I thought, well, what, what better what about? Yeah. review can you possibly get for movies than that? You know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, what kind of reviews did you normally get uh, for, for your horror movies when they were? Well, actually, out? I um, I actually went went back and looked at some of the reviews, um, and, and they're actually good. I mean, most of them were actually pretty pretty good. I I I do remember there was, I mean, the New York Times was 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 pretty nice to me. I I do remember there was one review in um, I don't know where, but for for Alone in the Dark, where the the reviewer said that that he felt that the director should be boiled in oil. <laughs> so I I, that's a, I that's, actually wrote him back. And I would I put said, that on the poster. Yeah. yeah, 
I actually wrote it back and I said, I said, you know, I don't mind if you want to boil me in oil. Just use a good olive oil and put some garlic in there. <laughs> yeah, make it tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I grew up watching, you know, Cisco and Ebert, and uh, I still like to go back and watch old ones just because it's, it's fun for me. But uh, oh, they would great. take yeah. a lot of uh, horror movies like personally, which I find kind of amusing. Yeah, they they actually gave uh, oh well, they actually gave a really good review to the hidden. Mm-hmm. Oh well, the hidden the hidden got pretty much uniformly good reviews. On un- unfortunately, it just didn't make much money, but it it got got great reviews. I mean, when we tested it, it tested through the roof. They they thought it was going to make a ton of money, but it just I don't know, it just didn't have whatever it it, it took to catch on. Do you think any of that is uh, just how a movie is uh, promoted? Yeah, uh, you know it's it's hard it's hard to say. Like, I mean, there were you know, look if if you have a Tom Cruise movie, it's it's going to open. I mean, that's why these people you know these people get a lot of money because they can basically open a movie. You know, they know that if they have Tom Cruise or you know uh, you know uh, whoever in that movie that they're going to get this much money, you know, foreign, this almost like a formula, you know, with this person, you can have this budget with this person and that person, you can have this, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth, you know, from, from a business point of view, but there are other films that don't have any of that stuff. And especially, uh, you know, that's the great thing about horror films. I mean, horror films like comedies really don't necessarily do well internationally because humor differs from country to country, but horror works everywhere. And, and you don't need anybody. You know, if you had Tom Cruise in a horror movie, yeah, it would, it would make more money, but it wouldn't necessarily make huge money. I yeah. mean, you can have a heart. The you, mummy uh, proved uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, uh, you know, get out, you know, didn't really have anybody. That you know, but it was a terrific movie. Everybody wanted, you know, it sort of became a, 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 a like a must see, you know. Uh, so, so I mean, you know, horror films. That's one of the great things about horror movies, uh, you know. And 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 also a lot of times, you know, the star of the film is the director. It's a the new John Carpenter movie, the, the Wes Craven. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the auteur thing really really works there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I mentioned watching Siskel and Ebert, like if I watch them now, ones I grew up, like there'll be big movies at the time that I like. I totally forgot, but uh, a lot of the horror movies on there, they they uh, they continue to get fans throughout time. It's very it's weird. It's weird how some movies though, just the even movies that were up for awards and stuff, they'll you know I can't even remember them until I see them. Like uh, it's like oh yeah, I remember that movie, but no, no one ever talks about it anymore. Yeah, I mean. Uh... There are, well, look, it's, it's like anything. I mean, you know, people have been creating art for, you know, thousands of years, but you know, how, how much of it is, it is it still remembered? Uh, you know, how many people who were like incredibly famous during their, their lifetimes that nobody knows who the hell they are now, you know? And then, uh, you know, there are the, the Mozarts and the Hitchcocks and the Orson Welles and the, you know, the Michelangelos who, you know, who live on, you know, and time kind of sorts things out. What was it hard uh, to to um, to agree to direct Nightmare on Elm Street two just because the first one this was such a big hit, you know, and it's I guess it's before they made all these other sequels for it. Uh, no, uh, in 
in in in short, I wasn't the least bit intimidated by the first Elm Street because I I honestly didn't think it was you know all that great. Like I thought I thought um, it was a great concept, and I thought the choice of casting Robert England as Freddie and the character of Freddie was was great, but um, I didn't think the filmmaking was all that that great and. You know, Wes got a lot better. I mean, I thought that 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 Wes's second night, you know, Wes's second nightmare, you know, a new nightmare. What's it called? Wes's new nightmare. I, yeah, I would say it's a that's much a, better movie. It's I think that's really the most movie. underrated sequel of all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 did a great job on that, and he was a much much better filmmaker. So, uh, uh, you know, basically, New Line's attitude was: we made this movie, it made a lot of money. We want to make another one and try to cash in on it. And at that time, sequels were not like they are now. Like any movie that makes money is going to be a sequel, and you expect the sequel is going to make more money, be bigger and better than, than the previous one. But at, at that point, the, a sequel was just, it was always going to be less than. It was like a ripoff of, of something where they basically caught lightning in a bottle, and you were never going to catch, catch it again. And so, I mean, basically, uh, the, the bar was not set real high. Um, New Line didn't know why the movie ma really made money. I mean, they thought it was scary. You know, Bob, Bob Shea thought it was just, just a great idea and so on and so forth. But, I mean, if you look at the original poster, I don't know whether you've, you've seen the original poster, but who's missing from the poster? I mean, I, I, can't, I don't know it off the top of my head. But well, yeah. his name starts with an F. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no Freddy Krueger on the poster, huh. and Mark Patton gets top billing, and and Robert England is 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 down below. You know, well, he wasn't even going to originally, right? Then wasn't there someone else going to play him uh, at first? Uh, well, you know, West dropped out about six weeks before they were going to start shooting, and and so I I got hired. And, you know, um, I wasn't that keen on 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 doing it because uh, I didn't want to get uh, stamped as as a horror film director or as as a horror film sequel director, which was even worse you know, <laughs> right. uh, to my mind, because I wanted to be an auteur, you know, uh, and, and, and a friend of mine, uh, uh, you know, who'd gone to Hollywood and had a successful career said, don't be an idiot. The movie's going to make money. And then you'll have a career as a director. And, you know, he was absolutely right. You know, the movie opened on a Friday and Monday morning. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis called me on my, on my phone from his car at a time when, you know, you didn't have phones in your car. Right. And I knew that my life had, had, had changed. But, um, um, but so they just wanted to make another movie that was scary and they had Freddy Krueger in it. And, you know, at that, like whoever played uh, uh, Leatherface or whoever, you know, was the. the he was always the, a different Jason up until Kane. I think. Yeah, Kane nobody Hunter gave a shit. It was just, just somebody who, like, jumps up and kills somebody and disappears. They didn't have any kind of personality. You know, their, their personality was, you know, a mask or, or, or a tool that they used to, to, to kill people. Whereas Freddy was, was a real character. And so. When I came on, I said, are you bringing Robert back? And he said, uh, his agent wants more money for this movie. And we, we think he's trying to take advantage of us. And we're not going to do it. 
So I said, gee, you know, I think he was pretty good. I think you should really get him back. Um, and they kind of diddled, diddled around and diddled around. And a, like a week, a week or week, week or two weeks before we were going to start, they said, okay, we managed to make the deal. What, what I think is they were, they were going to bring him back all along and they were playing hardball because, uh, you know, uh, Wes hadn't done any casting at all. So I had to cast the whole movie. Um, along with everything else. Uh, and um, um, we never saw anybody else for Freddie. Never brought any actors in for Freddie. So that kind of tells me, uh, you know, what they thought. But actually, by the time they hired him, he was not available for the first week of shooting. So we had that scene in the shower. And there's one shot of him, you know, where where he, where, Jesse transforms into Freddie and he walks out and they said, well, okay, we'll get an extra. So, I mean, they, they, uh, you know, people said, oh, oh, well, it was a stunt man. Well, it wasn't even a stunt man. I mean, stunt men are, have some acting experience. It was an extra. It was basically a guy who fit, who fit the outfit. That was the, you know, yeah. he, he was kind of physically similar uh, to, to Robert, but you know, he couldn't act. He couldn't do it. You know, he was like walking around like, like he was, you know, <laughs> Frankenstein, you know, I had to say, stop doing that, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately he's just, just in that one shot. But, uh, you know, if you, if you look at it, you can, t the following week, Robert came on and you could just, he had this authority about him, you know, when he did stuff, there was just this power that he had as an actor that, that, that you could just feel it, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm also a big fan of Kool Gulliger. Who, uh, oh yeah, so am I. Yeah, yeah, great, great guy, great, great guy. He's yeah. he's still going. He's still going strong. Yeah. Or like the most I don't know how. Huh? I said he's like the most manly man, man I've ever met. Oh yeah, he's. Um, I I've actually got a. I should show it to you. This is uh, from from um, Lee. We starred with Lee Marvin in this film called The Killers. Oh yeah! Oh, awesome! I mean, that's him. <laughs> great look. I just love this 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 photo of him. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks. Yeah, that's awesome. But I mean, he's a real cowboy, you know. Um, I mean, that's and he's just a lovely, lovely man. Terrific guy. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, you have another question? You touched on uh, personal fears earlier, and I'm wondering if you have any you feel comfortable sharing with us. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty claustrophobic. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, well, fear of dying. I mean, I guess most people have, have that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've certainly suffered from, from anxiety, you know, I've, I've had a, a panic attack or two in, 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 in my life. Um, uh, you know, I can tell you the whole, the whole pre-production, all six weeks of pre-production of, of, of Elm Street was, was like one long anxiety attack. Um, cause it was, you know, there was just a huge, huge amount to to do you know in addition to casting the movie i had like you know about a hundred special effects none of which i knew how to do um 
and you know lots lots of other things and i just worked my ass off and just you know like i said i went through and i figured everything out and planned it all out every single shot you know not that i shot it exactly the way i planned it out but i had a plan so if if all else failed i could look at the plan and say you you do this you do this here's the you know so on and so forth and the interesting thing was um i you know i because you know there were stunts there were all these locations there were you know tons and tons and tons of things that that had to be dealt with in a very short amount of time and you know i managed to get it all done and I walked onto the set on day one and suddenly, you know, I was just calm, you know, because I, I basically knew what I was about to do. So that gave me a lot of confidence. A claustrophobia. That would be uh, if you had a claustrophobic vampire in your movie, I've never seen <laughs> that before. He, he'd, he'd be freaked out sleeping in his coffin. Well, I mean, I, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, a young kid, I used to, I had this bed and, uh, uh, you know, I used to think that there was something under the bed. I saw a TV show and there was this thing where there was like an alien. It kind of looked like a big jello mold that was like about a foot high. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I had this feeling that, uh, that if I let my, any of my limbs dangle off the edge of the bed, that it would grab me. I must have seen the same thing because I had that same fear as a kid. Oh, really? And yeah. and 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 so, uh, well, I think it might it might be a common fear. And 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 so, you know, I wrote the script for Alone in the Dark, um, and New Line wasn't able to raise the money. And then I went off and I edited the Burning, uh, which was you know Harvey and Bobby Weinstein's first film. And, and I learned a lot about horror, you know, from actually, you know, making one about how to build suspense and stuff. And so I went back and I, I rewrote the script and the scene with, with uh, the, the girl on the bed with the knife. I mean, that yeah. was where that whole thing came from. And, uh, and, and I mean, the interesting thing was that, um, New Line kept telling me to make it shorter. They said, why does she stay on the bed? She just jump off the bed. And I said, well, if she jumps off the bed, you don't have to see. And they said, <laughs> right. yeah, but she'd jump off the bed. And I said, you know, make it shorter. And I said, no, no, when you've got suspense, you want to make it as long as you possibly want to draw it out as much as you can. And, uh, you know, they kept saying, make it shorter. I kept saying no. And, uh, you know that's you know that's that's one of the scenes that gets the best reaction in in the whole movie. You know that that. that yeah. But I mean, you know that's that's an example of of um, uh, you know putting you know trying to find something that I could relate to and you know put it into the movie. Um, so uh, where can people follow you? See what you're up to. Well, I have a Facebook page. Um, I I have to say that I'm I'm not very good about like posting all the time. I mean, I think it's kind of bullshit. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I had dinner last night and I had, uh, you know, clams and, you know, it's <laughs> like, who stuff. gives a shit? <laughs> you know? uh, uh, but, um, uh, you know, um, we, it, it looked like we were making the movie this, this fall, the vampire movie, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Mm. I mean, it's a really, really good script. 
it's a really good good script and i i i just feel like um you know i got at least one more movie in me that and and you know uh uh, and then things kind of fell apart, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get them back together. So if, and when that happens, then I'll start posting a lot more stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, the only, the, the last post I put on was about a month ago and I just put a post on about this podcast. Yeah, feel very, we feel very important at all. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> well, I think I, you um, and Trista, uh, share, share the same thought on, on social media, though. <laughs> It's not there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually somebody talked me into opening up a Twitter account, and I just, I, I used it for about like a, a week or two, and then I said, Gosh, you know, I don't really need this. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, Neil and I are the opposites. We'll take pictures of interesting food we've had and stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if if I'm doing anything interesting, but you know. Honestly, the last couple of years, aside from from you know trying to get this movie going, I haven't really been doing very much that's that's interesting, or or at least you know I've been doing things that are maybe interesting to me, but not interesting to anybody else. Uh, so um, you know, hanging out with with my dog and well, that's always good. Yeah, that's always out, fun. You know, uh, uh, you know, starting to cook, uh, you know, Thai food and Indian food <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, About to get boiled in oil from a film critic. <laughs> Yeah, what flavors to use in your oil? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, if I were if I were writing that letter today, I would also tell him to throw in a chili pepper. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, cinnamon stick. Give it a little snap, you know. <laughs> well, it's been very cool to talk with you. Oh yeah. It's okay. Great. Well, uh, yeah. Well, well. Uh, nice to meet you all. I'm sorry I didn't didn't get a chance to, to talk to you a little bit more, Troy. I have a feeling there's a lot of depth there <laughs> that has been un, unplumbed, so to speak. Well, I, I just kind of like to observe. I like to listen to good stories, and so long as long as I get that, I'm a happy man. And and uh, Trista, let me see your your cat. Is that a cat uh, yeah. or a dog? Uh, it's a cat, but she's having dinner now. <laughs> she's moved and <it's> done. <laughs> you okay. missed your window. <laughs> part, part two, we'll, we'll introduce you with the cat. Okay. Yeah, when you come mouse? on to talk about the vampire film. Yeah. Well, well, when we get the vampire film done, yes, I'll, I will be very happy to talk about it. Anyway, very nice. As you guys are all up in Boston. Well, uh, Troy and I are in Massachusetts. Trista's in, uh, in L.A. Oh, okay. Are you an actress, filmmaker, Chris? I'm an actor, yeah. Okay, how's it going? Good. I I like horror, so I do laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a it's a tough tough business being an actor. I can tell you. I mean, you really gotta you really it's gotta be like your your drug of choice, you know. Yeah, I know yeah. it. Well, I wish you good luck. Thank you. I really appreciate that. We'll recommend some movies to see Tristan. She's very good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Well, well, thank you. It was really nice chatting with you. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. Very nice to meet you. And I'd love to meet you sometime. Okay. Take care. Talk to everybody later. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, Neil.